the latest episode of Underbench Staples with me, Patrick. And me, myself, I, Russell. Hello. We are at halfway point. Wow, we are. Episode 25. Oh my God, we are. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a 50 episode series, we believe. It's so just mm. the 50. Just a, a just conservative a, 50. Very, very, very conservative 50. And we have gotten to the end of the week to an elimination. But before we get to that, we get introduced to a special guest star in the form of Rick Stein. Rick Stein, an icon, a legend. Um, we said, I think, after we came off air so to speak last week that it's like is Rick like big into this kind of thing or did we say it on air I'm trying to remember I probably should air check myself big into what kind of thing as in like all of this kind of clapping and screaming and all his broadcasting style is so stripped back and simplified that this is like big 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 type of stuff he doesn't really appear on British TV shows bar Mm -hmm. his own he might occasionally go on like Saturday Kitchen to promote his show but this is different this is a different league and he just you know I think there's a sense that he kind of is a slightly bit uncomfortable with the kind of sycophants of it all mm. I think when they were like oh my god I love you so much you're amazing and I think you're the best he's kind of like thank you it's a bit awkward but he's a legend mm. he's a brilliant chef he's brilliant on TV has he been on the UK version no I don't think so. I don't think so either. But then again, like a lot of the household names like him never appear on the UK version. No. Because they don't do It's this. hard to compare them. It is, it is. The celebrity UK version ended this week. I think we watched Couldn't tell you a thing about it. Three episodes and we just had to give up. Just had Painful. to stop. Painful. And it should just stop as well. Um naturally, uh Rick Stein was greeted by Kath. Uh, who really loves who him. is the number one fangirl guest greeter of the contestants mm. such a big fangirl of anyone who comes through the door especially of a certain everyone vintage. yeah yeah love that I love that um but also Addy mm. also was a big fan really really inspired by him loved watching him naturally Declan also big fan um and this episode also started off with Antonio and Rihanna on the gantry because of course earlier this week they got the right to stay up there through Grace through Grace who was there yeah must be a bit of a shitter eh <laughs> just a little bit uh, in the editing of the episode sometimes there's the indications and other times there's not the people who got the screen time and the voice time at the start were Ralph and Phil yes as they all came in in their blacks mm-hmm. that's never a good thing no never a good thing to have those casual oh are you nervous yeah I'm I'm anxious I hope I can get through t- today because that's telling me the audience okay these two are in trouble who yeah. else is going to be in trouble can but- I also say <laughs> um, while you're talking about airtime and everything like that I have nothing for Grace because I actually forgot she was there I she introduced her Cro- Croatian sauce and that was the only time I saw her speak until she presented to the judges and even hers had been that kind of like halfway through the tasting and here's a quick contestant who is clearly safe 
quickly have them on screen offer them plaudits off they go so needless to say she's safe regardless even though she got everyone there and had to go into the elimination challenge see to me that's the storyline I'd be going on because it's like well you know you got your team there and you're here now but that wasn't to be. Yeah. No. So it started on a squid masterclass. Mm, mm. Well, I don't think I call it a masterclass. A demonstration. Yeah. Um, and a good one, actually, at that. Yeah. Now, I, I don't like squid, as in I love eating it, but I don't like the look of them. They're uh, menacing creatures. But I, I don't think I love eating it. Really? Because it's either chewy or tender. Mm. There often isn't a uh, grey area and obviously the advice is you either cook it hot and fast or slow and low Mm. so you either like fry or slice or quickly heat through or you have like a slow braise and I find that in ordering it or eating it out like generally it's a risk because there's times it can be quite chewy Mm. Um, so I don't think I love it but I do love the flavour of squid okay okay that's fair that's fair mm, I, go, I, I, I'm not a fan I, I'm a fan of eating it now the normal form that I end up having it is one of several ways calamari style you know salt and pepper squid Yummy. type of thing love that um, we were discussing uh, the squidoodles that you get at Prado in Lisbon squidoodles um, which are just basically squid noodles very 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 gently cooked lovely buttery sauce over mm. Christ isn't so helping that our trip there is in a few days time and we're not so, going to Prado so the memories and the flavours of there are at the uh, forefront of our minds um, naturally because of the little masterclass demonstration round one's challenge was all about squid and squid cooking and the task was to put squid front and centre so let's go contestant by contestant okay. talk about what they've done what they've cooked and how it was judged okay uh, interestingly before we do kick off Phil had a really good description mm. for um, Rick Stein it's actually a very 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 nice description of him it's the David Attenborough of cooking yeah and we both went David Attenborough of food I think of he food said. okay yeah. <laughs> F my notes um, <laughs> yeah Eloquent Eloquent but sums it up very very well Yeah He he is in how he presents They have the same Approach Yeah Yeah yeah, Big time Enjoy that How about we start on the only two who can be Directly compared There were two contestants who did Salt and Piper Squid That was Ralph and Melissa Yeah Um, Who both kind of got the same critiques of like it needs more salt, salt and, pepper. and or the pepper yeah <laughs> like and they both had a sauce that wasn't giving enough um, yes it, it, Ralph was doing salt and pepper squid because ultimately he said it's the only thing I know what to do with squid clever which was clever yeah Melissa I don't know was there anything on her mentality for doing it she also did a chilli and lime dressing and a cucumber salad yeah Um, I get it but it just needed more salt and pepper yeah it's a light I think they might have been all put off by the fact that he said about the batter that it's like it's 30 seconds max 
30 seconds to a minute frying and that's all it needs it's so delicate and I think they may have been afraid about adding too much into the batter in order to give it flavour but then you can do it at post as well I'd do it in two stages yeah that like, is how you hit that brief of like if the name of the dish is salt and pepper squid mm. those are the three things I have to taste immediately like do a I've never made salt and pepper squid actually but if I would and I was trying to do it in this way to really amp up the flavour you'd make like a peppery salty salinic spray almost to glaze it with Mm. or just to spray over just to add the extra flavour and the essence of it a bit like when I I, here's a little secret that I do in the house when I'm doing salt and vinegar for chips and the likes I spray I have a spray bottle for the vinegar instead of you know drizzling it out from the from the bottle and it makes such a difference better coverage it doesn't go up in, in dollops it goes all over it it's amazing great great coverage um, and I'm really happy with that that's what I'd kind of do in order mm. to bring the flavour maybe make a peppery vinaigrette type of thing to go in there is it Ain in Galway who has the squid toast yes like mm. just that that instead of prawn toast squid instead toast instead of yeah. a prawn toast yeah. like if you're going to do a like iconic takeaway classic mm. and your spin on it it still has to be the flavour mm. of the classic and I just think the two of them the crucial error is you gotta taste the flavours in the dish yeah and if it's called salt and pepper it's gotta have salt and pepper now the two of them went into the bottom four they did let's talk about a couple of other contestants as we went through let's talk about Kath who went very much out of her comfort zone Um, she was very nervous at the beginning she was doing her little cute tapping herself on her shoulder to reassure herself and I did hear her at one point saying you're cooking for Rick Stein this is amazing and I thought Mm. that was cute but decided to do a squid ceviche with some pineapple um, really, really up my street. Beautifully plated. Mm. I think she has been inspired by the previous week yeah. by all of the chefs yeah. coming in. Yeah. And to me, the thing that she did in this episode is there isn't a whole heap of cooking, mm. balancing the flavours, understanding jalapeno, mm. pineapple, salt, mm. lime, Squid, how can I just get these to sing? This was the calmest cook I've ever seen her do. I'm gonna say it smash. Yep, smash. Smash of smash, smash. everything already. Okay. Smash. Okay, very good. Um it was interesting. She not only got a smash from Patrick, she also got a clap from Jock. And Uwer. she Uwer. um he also smiled as it was presented and it, and and that was quite telling he was there was a little sense of I'm so proud of you mm. uh, as that was presented so Fabulous. really amazing it was uh, one of them I think it was Rick who said that she was excited by the produce um, and he also said it was a very Australian dish Love um, which I guess is like the pineapple in particular brings it all together very very nice really happy for Kath um, if we go you there's quite a few people here who use the hibachi. Yeah, there's quite a few. I think I might have missed one uh, or two, which so is a bit annoying. So let's got pick one Pio, of them. Got Brent, got Declan. Yeah. I think Grace is in there as well. I don't have Grace on mine. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's probably those. Like three. my note on Grace is squid. Squid. It just says squid because it happens so quick that I, I have nothing but just Grace squid. So she chose to go into her Croatian heritage. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Ivar. Uh-huh. Ivar. Um, a Croatian pepper sauce. Um, apparently it was great, but she was probably on screen in the tasting for eight seconds. Yeah. So I couldn't even tell you anything about it. If we go on to Theo, who did a peri-peri oh. hibachi squid. Oh, yeah. Beautifully done. He kept the um is it the, the skin or the head the head of the squid the tentacles the other part the beak the, the beak the, the one with the eye the did Rick the Stein not teach thing. you anything the long thing the bone no <laughs> the tube the tube yeah he kept so the squid the tube yeah almost whole yeah in a way that quite a few of the others had it sliced oh, okay, or yeah. cut quite finely. He had it almost whole. Um, it, it looked really was good. Was brushed, yeah, brushed with lots of in that beautiful mm-hmm. spice. Yeah, excellent job. Really, really nice. Uh, others who kind of were <laughs> glossed over, I guess. Um, Brent, Brent did a Sri Lankan. Charred squid. Yeah, yeah, that sounded really good. Again, I couldn't tell you. I can't tell you an awful lot about them because it was just so brief. Editors, give us more information. The the issue here is in the one episode. It has a international guest star doing a masterclass. Then it has round one of twelve contestants. Yeah, and then it has a round two of four. Yeah. It's a There's lot. so much in one I know, episode. I it's know. Extend it. 90 okay. minutes, please, guys. Quick um, fire. Then th- 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 that means, if this is all correct, um, at this point, we are Brent with four hibachis. Theo's also on four th- hibachis. Rhiannon's on one. Amy's on one. Remember her? Uh, Grace is potentially on two then. I'd have to check this episode again because I'm not know. sure. Yeah. Um, Declan will have one so far. Spoiler alert. And Melissa also one so far. Actually, no, mm. zero so far because she hasn't used it yet. That's later on in the episode. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, very confusing. If we go on to Rue next, who did a kind of going to France, kind of bouillabaisse yeah. type thing, and she chose to slice the squid into rings and poach it in a seafood stew mm. stock. Mm. Great idea. Prawns, prawn heads, get the flavour in there, intensify in 45 minutes. I mean, come on, a tall order. Yeah, very tall order. And that just, to me, is like, oh, you're playing with fire here. It is a short cook, and are you choosing the right thing? Now, how do you find it was plated up and served? This was my kind of thing. I was worried, and I guess maybe again the edit kind of gave this away. Um, I was worried that it was a little bit too simple. It kind of just looked like squid rings and uh, tomato sauce. Yeah. Now, this isn't smell of vision this isn't taste of vision It's all about the taste at the end of the day and the flavour and the execution of it. Um, it didn't look like a watery sauce. It looked like a beautiful, nice, thick coating, everything beautifully. The calamari didn't look tough overcooked or anything 
again on luck alone mm. on luck alone it was a zero for me but by the sounds of it on the flavor it was a 10 so it's a really hard one as a viewer to understand like when you're seeing other dishes coming up that look really complicated getting less praise mm. whereas this looked incredibly simple and getting loads but at the end of the day it's all about the taste and it tasted great and I'm really happy for her it seemed that this was kind of a bit of a turning point because mm. we haven't seen a huge amount of savoury cooking um, exactly there wasn't really anywhere to hide in this particular um, <laughs> couldn't Swiss roll a bloody squid could you um, but a squid roll a squid roll um, but I do feel that this um, ultimately was a case where us at home looking at it in one way think one thing and people tasting it judging it on screen or another yeah the um, judges called it strikingly simple and perfect mm. and also an essence of seafood in a dish that's perfect I mean what more well, could you want to be yeah. serving and and let's not also forget that Rick Stein was the type of person who would want simplicity yeah he would adore Simplicity over anything fussy. Yeah, absolutely. I think even when things were coming up on the hibachi, there was kind of a, I don't know if reading his body language as an expert in body language reading, as you know. Oh yeah. Um, I couldn't help but feel that he was impressed, but there was just an element of like, yeah, 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 grand. Mm. Just do it really well, and I think that's what worked. Um. Uh, it was also what Jock said that when you do something that is on the simplistic end of things there's nowhere to hide nowhere and so therefore it was perfect I think even Rue was really surprised at how perfect it was I think she happy was. days let's hold on to that and continue to slay over the next couple of weeks hopefully because I think I just want her to, to start cooking more of her food because at the moment I think everything's quite prescribed to a theme or to the challenge and I want to see more of her on a plate I sound like Rihanna now don't I speaking of someone who decided for the first time to go into mm. her heritage is the amazing Addie wow um, we got a little taste of her family story from India um, mm. the region um mm. Maharashtra. Yes. Um, and explaining how she moved to Australia when she was one year old. Um, she didn't learn an awful lot of cooking from her mother. So she, when she was a bit older, she went to India, learned from her grandmother, her family, got their recipes, and that's kind of formed her as a cook today. Loved hearing that. Okay. But we are 25 episodes in, and she has not leaned once into her heritage and has been such an impressive contestant to date. Can we just... Just for a moment, mm. juxtapose that to Kishwar. Yeah. Who really knew yeah. coming in the year before last. Yeah. Um, I am exactly who I, I am and I'm going to cook the cuisine I know over and over yeah. and over again. It's, it's interesting. Addy's approach of like... I can cook like anything. I, I'm a really good cook yeah. across the board. I wonder if that is a thing because we are whatever 15 seasons into the show. Is there is there a mentality 
that she had going in that she's like I don't want to lean in and rely on my heritage too much this is funny just coming out off the back of Rue when we're saying we want to see more of her heritage in her cooking because we actually haven't really seen it at all I no. don't think we've heard family stories and dishes that she has a connection to but we haven't quite gotten to that maybe like really truly um, African style of food perhaps yeah. we have now with Addy and that was incredible. That sounded so that curry. Yeah, and even with the boo boo of potentially over sweetening it, by lifting a bag of sugar over the pot you're cooking it, which stressed me out so much. But hey, they all love the balance of the flavors. And like I think, as Addy explained, her home areas cuisine is all about seafood, mm. coastal, and the flavours are tropical and tangy and sour mm. and to me squid and everything I'm hearing there is the perfect match mm. what a vehicle to work yeah. with so. amazing job amazing yeah. and hopefully this is Addy's turning point now because you see her skill in the past few weeks has been expressed really really well it's the flavour and the insight into who she is as a cook that I'm expecting to mm. ascend now. Um, we're going to move now on to Declan. Uh, Declan's his name and what? Fish, Fish is, is his, his game. game. Well, well, Decky. Today um, it wasn't. Today, and his energy was not right the whole episode. Was he potentially a little bit <clears throat> overly starstruck by once again being in a black apron? And here's Rick Stein. He was off. Mm. He was off. You, his energy is so unique and it's so apparent every episode that he's kind of this like rogue who is kind of a bit silly, kind of a clown. And he, everyone loves him. His energy was low. Mm. And I think that that came through in his food twice. Did it start when they questioned his chorizo? Was yes. that the moment where the balloon kind of burst? <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit like that. I mean, if a hero of yours, who he explained just a couple of weeks ago... I was sitting with my nana, <laughs> watching episodes of Rick Stone and now I'm cooking like, with him, like, for him. Like, that is terrifying. If that person comes out of the TV and in front of you and then immediately goes, mm, the flavour that you chose is going to completely overtake the brief I set. Gut punch. Yeah. And so then the editing hadn't kind of gone through his, like, change, but mm. he omitted the chorizo. And, and it still sounded lovely. It was hibachi squid, lemon and ginger chorizo. Um... There is no, but there's no chorizo. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the original idea. Yeah. Um, when he was cooking it on hibachi, like the two of it us were making NSFW noises, listening, watching that because it looked beautiful, especially on the, the tentacles. The tentacles, yeah, they really just looked, ugh, good. That, that fiery flavor. Um, they described as very interesting. The citrus dressing was just too tart. And Andy's piece, because of the shape and everything like that, his was overcooked. The uneven cooking didn't really work. And Mel saying it just didn't land. Which, yeah. again, when a hero is put in front of you, 
and that kind of thing is going on, that's going to sucker punch you right yeah. in the stomach. So And so he ends up in the bottom four. So that's him and the two who... The salt and pepper squid, did their squid take squid on crew. Yeah. yeah, Ralph and Melissa. Finally getting on to Phil. Yeah, so his dish looked very complex and very chefy. That was one of his most beautifully presented Stunning. dishes. Um, he did comfy scallops with the with the um, comfy squid and scallops yeah. with pickled cauliflower and the tomato vinaigrette with trout roe. Mm. Beautiful, complex, um, interesting flavors, interesting techniques. I think on. A day that others across the board could have been quite weak. Yeah. He'd have gotten through on that just yeah. about. However, today, they all took the squid and ran. Mm. And I think it just stood out that of the four who ended up in the bottom four, I think he is probably the fourth in there. Of He just got added in at the end yeah. because it just hadn't kind of worked they thought it had been slightly imbalanced um, they couldn't taste the tomato Yeah, if that's a key component in the sauce you gotta taste it yeah I really felt for him because you started to see his plating his yeah. flavours his skills increase every week and I thought this had been him hitting on a new level but yeah. he's hitting a chefy level that he that others not necessarily are yeah um and a skill in terms of how it looks and how it's presented and the and and the mix of ingredients and mix of techniques um they said nothing about the technique of confiting they said nothing about using the trout row or anything like that it was ultimately the vinaigrette that just was like, oh it's not there and without it in in their mind the tomato vinaigrette would have brought it all together mm. but there was nothing there so therefore it just flopped they asked to add extra acidity extra freshness yeah. extra zest yeah so then those four that is phil declan Ralph and Melissa end up in round two. Um, round two's challenge was there was a big um, board thing under a cloth. They unveiled the cloth and it was a world map um, which they could have just had a smaller map because there was four countries specified. Yeah, four? Mm, five? five, I think there was. Yeah. There was UK, Spain, mm. France, Italy, Italy and Mexico and Mexico oh that's five yeah that's five um, uh, like you didn't need excellent a ho- excellent math yeah I'm <laughs> really good at this you didn't need a big you didn't need a map that big you could have just like cropped it at Mexico and Europe but anyway also like I'd have preferred if they handed out a place yeah and because it was random like, and you had to pick a it would have been a bit more of a challenge yeah because um, we got a lot of um, Italy Italy and France like okay uh, yeah so let's talk let's go from uh, let's go to Declan first because yeah. Declan did have an immunity pin he did um, and in a very you know I think the cleverest thing to do is not to tap out especially remember that series where if you're going to play the immunity pin you have to play it before it kicked yeah, off. Yeah, hate that. Hated that. Yeah. I like this idea where you can play up to the last minute. Um, and Declan is like, I'm going to see how it goes. 
His energy, again, is not getting any better. They even pointed out. Uh, Andy pointed out that he's a little bit flat. Um, and I think he just was determined to try and make it and see how it would go, but it just did not work out at all. He chose to do beer-battered flathead and a salsa, inspired by trips mm. to Mexico. The beer battered through me immediately. I get that he was throwing all of his efforts into an authentic salsa, but to me, this had been confused at the start. I thought like, oh, that's an odd thing to choose to do. And then the wheels just kind of kept coming off. Mm. And I think ultimately other things around him kind of spurred him on to play the pin because everything just hadn't quite aligned Mm. he hadn't been happy and eventually he decided about halfway through I'm gonna play the pin and I think it was the right choice I think I think he would have been safe I think he'd have been in the bottom two of these four Um, I think he would have gone through but a far smarter move to play it mm. and he hasn't to come that close and like for someone who has been in quite a few elimination challenges so far I think it is worth pointing out he's also a very strong contestant so I don't think his opportunity to win a pin unless of course they decide to stop giving out pins at the halfway point I don't think his I think he has a chance of winning a pin again yeah. if, if, if push came to shove so I don't think this is the end of that you know some contestants it can kind of be a bit fluky when they get it Mm. this isn't that case for him he's constantly impressing the judges I'd say in the right challenge with another beat the chef thing I think he could excel again so you know this mightn't be the end of pin gate for him but at this particular junction it is so other dishes that were being cooked um can we go on to Ralph? Yeah. Did we talk about him in the last round? Yeah, S&P. S&P, yeah. sorry. Um, so he chose France. Mm. And his twist on a croque madame. Yes. Now, we are both in two different minds about this. I think it was a solid choice. However, I am of the opinion of the judges. Just give me a bloody great croque. In its classic form. I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. However, you appreciate the interpretation. Oh, completely. Now, the thing is, I every time we say these things of, but just give me a really good one, the other part of me in my head goes, what would they say? You just gave me a sandwich. That's it? Is that all you did? And, and, and that's all I can think. I second guess all of these things. I think the thing they said a couple of times, even this episode of like if it's gonna be a classic if it's gonna be simple it's gotta be the best version it has to be perfect and I think that's the point of like if you just gave them the perfect croc and every element slapped It'd be a different matter. Now, the thing is, I loved the sound of this. Um, I'm convinced we had something similar. Um, I want to say Artis in Derry. Not necessarily a croc, but this kind of idea where it's like, I had like the 65 degree egg and there was a nice foam on it. Does this start? That had been like autumnal though. 
Yeah, well, it was in March, not the spring, but like th- that was around then. But I had a dish that kind of when I saw this, it reminded no. me of it. No, is the, it? it had been the taster, the beef. Yeah. Compressed. Yes. And then they put on a like cheesy foam or something. Yeah, yeah it was that. Yeah. In artists. In artists. I was right. Yeah. I was right. Beautiful restaurant up Derry, um, and it reminded me of that. Um, just a kind of idea of like just take the simple flavours of the cheesiness the bechamel the, the smoky bacon the, the bits of bread and just make it into something that instead of it being a crunchy sandwich is layer and layer and layer with a nice soft egg and everything like that mm. I really liked the idea I could taste it um, as I was watching it and I could imagine it being beautiful um, and I liked the creativity the thing that struck me or the thing that I got lost on is the the fine fine breadcrumbs mm. to me a crock is all about the crunch of mm. the slices of the bread offset by the creaminess of the bechamel the saltiness of the ham or the bacon the intensity of the aged cheese I need that substance or that structure of the bread and if you're going to have that as a blitzed crumb, yeah. I don't understand that. Like I suggested during it, like get a slice, unsliced bread, get a really big wadge of it, like a gigantic thick slice, cut out a ring of bread and toast it and use that as your base, almost like a cheesecake and build it up from there. So then there's definitive kind of like layer of bread at the very base. That's the only element I, I think wouldn't have worked. Now, there was breadcrumbs then added in on top and stuff like that. There it's fine, but at the base, mm. I think it probably needed something just at the very bottom. Very interesting dish. How though. about a crock coffin bread? You and coffin bread, you hate the stuff. So we had this when we visited um, Taiwan back in... um 2018? 2018. And I saw it. It was one of those things I saw online. I was like, I need to get this. It's and specific to Tainan, Tainan in the south. Yeah, and we were there and um, we went... I think we were at some temple. We were. And our guide who was bringing us around was like, oh, there's this place here to do coffin bread. I was like, I'm stopping for coffin bread. And she's like, you know, it's a thing around here. I was like, yeah, I'm having it. It's and about 10,000 calories a serving. It is a big wadge of bread that has uh, essentially like a square of a cutout from the middle, but still has a base. Mm. The bread is, the shell is essentially deep fried. So it's nice and crispy. This is my idea of heaven and yeah, I need to I make know. it. And then... What can only be described as Campbell's vegetable soup is poured inside it. The lid is put on. Et voilà, le, uh, le pan de coffin. I don't know why it's called coffin bread. Because it looks like a coffin because there's a lid on top of it. <laughs> like, yeah. But I I'm just thinking it. that interpretation because it has the creaminess. It has the stuff. So you could put... The ham and the cheese in the bechamel. I see where you're going. Have that in it. It just makes sense. Anyway. Anyway. So that is. So a dead, a dead madame. Yeah. A coffin madame. <laughs> so then, if we go to the two others who chose to do Italy. Yes. So if we go 
first to, to Melissa. Melissa, who did a sweet. She did an olive oil and honey panna cotta, I glazed ha- apricots and a lemon crumb. I do have to apologise. I know Melissa obviously wouldn't have heard me say this, but I went, oh, I wonder which Italy uh, Melissa's going to go for. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's an elimination. you got to play to your strengths. But I was like, OK, here we go. Now, she did take it a different interpretation. She, she went down the dessert route. Again, it was inspired by her nonna and everything. And I love that. I'm glad she didn't do pasta. Yeah. Uh, I think Agreed. you are too. Um, and she decided to do a panna cotta. Uh, the, the glazed apricots idea sounded Stunning. great. They were cooked on a hibachi as well. That's how she's on the table because she cooked them on the hibachi. Nice I, I wonder... Because in the pantry, she explained, like, it's the, it's the apricots that grabbed her first. Yeah. How did you then end up a panna cotta and glazed apricots? Like, is that the perfect... Is that the perfect vehicle? I would say she the the apricots drew, drew her in as an ingredient. The panna cotta drew her in to the brief. Italy, and yeah, I'd say and I sure. say it's trying to be. So what's Italian about this? And I say that's where it came from. That mm. it's like how is it? The olive oil. What was it? Olive oil and thyme. Oil, yeah. um, panna cotta, like stunning. The judges' comments. Jock said really brilliant the they said the whole thing is a triumph Mm. they said it was very very accomplished and had perfect balance and the texture had been rich and luxurious It, it was probably dish of the day easily easily of the whole day yeah no easily amazing um, we again we have a lot of conversations both on air and off air when we do this so off air when we saw her doing her having her little struggles with getting the panna cotta out of the mould Patrick being the expert in making panna cotta in this particular house was like you know warm water run a palette knife around it yada 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 I said, why don't contestants do this more where they just put it into a bowl that's moulded in and then you don't have to worry about getting it out of a mould. It's just there and you can just build it up. Patrick said that that's cheating. That is cheating and it's outlawed because the whole point of a panna cotta is that it is not a set custard cream thing. It is a unmoulded mm. and it has the wobble. It has that holding itself up yeah. having it spread out on a bowl is a total copy it's however having it as a plan B it, that was the most cleverest move that she could have made she wouldn't have had a dish to pl- put up no and the Apricot fact that she and went a crumb. Yeah, the fact that she went right I have to go to plan B the fact that she thought I'm going to have a plan B in the first place was very 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 clever and I'm really glad that she did that um, regardless of whether it was legal or illegal as you would say <laughs> um, really really happy for her really yeah, glad to see her job. do something sweet as well again so you know more of that ease into that please more and more uh, that would be great finally sticking on the boot country the boot and speaking of getting the boot it's Phil it's Phil so his Phil his time has come yes so um, spaghetti con anatra. Yeah. 
a it's kind of duck a duck mince sauce yeah, almost yeah. so duck mince this was very inspired I've enjoyed hearing his story over the last couple of weeks about how <laughs> he worked in this but in the last maybe two years is really trying to explore the food world immersing himself in it as much as possible he was saying about visiting Italy going to vineyards and this would be something that would be typically cooked for several hours not in 75 minutes you know I just think he tried his best and I liked that he he chose obviously because they had to choose a country a cuisine a place they have a connection to Mm. I appreciated actually of all of them the story because he had a I've had this in that place Mm. and I'm trying to create this in this kitchen and it's it's all I know now as the judges commented he just chose completely wrong here he hadn't the time to play with Mm. and if he had the time it'd be brilliant and Rick even said I'm a late converter to a pressure cooker if you did this in a pressure cooker it would have been so much better Um, which is quite a shame which is quite a shame because Phil uh, then gets sent home is uh, the first Irish contestant to be sent home and therefore there's no Irish contestants left in the competition though he's gotten quite far just outside of the top 10 I think he's 12 yeah I think so place he's had a good run pretty shaky at the start he in the past two weeks has come into his own Mm. especially in the team challenges Mm. in his own skill and technique he's started to embrace spice Uh, he's had an upward trajectory but he hasn't ever been in the top he hasn't ever had the chance to go for immunity pin I think his time had been. I think so too um, it's the kind of thing of you kind of would like sometimes to eliminate people um, but keep them in the kitchen just as like you know non-competing members because Robbie yeah <laughs> oh no completely I'd say Robbie and Phil are two that I'm really interested in just watching cook because and lear- and how they're learning and how they develop because there's there's a good chef in there yeah. There's a good cook and like the styling of his round one dish, you know, considering he started off doing meat and two vegetables um, a couple of weeks back to that is, is very impressive. Very, very impressive. And I'm glad I can add him on Insta now. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. There are any spoilers. Now, unless he has a picture of him and the winner. Oh, he probably does. Well, I, I do know. is I. So when we watch it and we know we might be a few days out or in this case, because we normally watch it via legal means. um we normally watch it with the Aussie series and because of the time difference we'd often not get to see the especially the final episode or the eliminations um, until the evening or the afternoon or whatever and sometimes uh, because the contestants are recently added they end up coming up on your timeline a lot more frequently and closer to the top and as a result you're kind of like okay great everything's spoiled so I normally add them and then I mute everything from them instantly so they're on my profile but Except I have them all muted only if you go and find them uh, are they coming yeah, up yet yeah, it's quite an interesting way of doing it so that was that let's do some smash and passes um, okay. I know you've already declared your smash for, for who'd have thought I'd never thought you'd ever Kath. say yeah Kath incredible really proud yeah. of her and I hope I hope 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 she continues to trust herself calmly cook and cook similar things like this because it's great it's really good to see mm-hmm. um 
My smash. Oh, it's hard. It's a hard one. Mm. Um, I think. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm gonna go with Addie's. Yeah, I'd be either her or Kat yeah I yeah. think Addie's has done it I just I, part of me wanted one of the hibachi ones the peri peri one in particular you know really just wanted something with a bit of fire on it because you know barbecue squid is really good and your pass I would say my pass is probably I don't want to say the salt and pepper um, squid because I think that's a bit obvious considering it ended up into the bottom so I'm trying to think of something a little bit off piste I guess um, have you got a pass already? Of the whole episode? Or only of the first round? Of the whole episode. Um, I'm going to have to give it to Phil. I'm sorry. On the second dish? Yeah. Yeah. The pasta work didn't look great. Mm. The sauce, a bit thin and like brown. Looks savory and bits, basically. the duck just, yeah, chewy. Mmm... Oh, I'm really struggling on this. I'm going to have to say the salt and pepper squid. Who's? Exactly. <laughs> Who's won? Um, by looking at it, I would actually probably say Melissa's because her sauce just looked a little bit too watery for what I think of a salt and pepper squid. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go with Melissa's one there. I would say it's a that was a hard smash and pass really hard on pass in particular normally I'm very easy on picking one but that was that a was strong different. episode I think that's that so we're 45 minutes in of this episode talked a lot of shit typical us um, bit of a change for the next coming week uh, as um, Monsieur Hanlon um, alluded to a few moments ago about 40 minutes ago we are going to Lisbon um, this week and as a result we're not naturally in the country to be able to watch it despite it not being in the same country anyway it's all very confusing so don't over- overthink it I overthink everything so what we are going to do is um, we're going to put out a week episode not a w-e-a-k episode <laughs> well, it could be, it could be incredibly one. weak um at some point this week possibly next monday possibly by wednesday it just depends on how we get through the episodes of this week we'll see what we can do and we'll do a summary of that the upside is instead of it being episode 20, 24 describing episode 25 it will actually be a bit easier to follow along I guess I hope it might make a bit more sense so that might be a bit of a chunky longer one but that is how it's going to be uh, for the week ahead at least because holidays are very important yes very important so and if you are into hearing uh, about Lisbon obviously add us on Instagram at gastrogaze and that is the place that'll have all our updates as we're over there if that's of interest exactly great city great food that's all that matters um, thank you for listening this week thank you for your support and we will be back momentarily in some time in the future yeah thank you for listening bye bye, bye.